0: As many of you know, I am by nature an introvert. My mom, who's on the back of the chapel here, can tell you how as a small child, if anyone tried to talk to me in the grocery store while I was in the shopping cart, I would begin to cry. And while I serve in ministry, I'm able to do this miraculous thing of interacting with people i don't i don't know how Uh, i credit it to the spirit or to god but when i'm in this role it comes naturally to me and and i can talk with people and i can open up and i can share and i can believe the best of the person that's in front of me but when I'm by myself, when I'm outside of the church walls, outside of the church setting, to be completely honest, I don't always look at the person talking with me as being a safe place, as being a safe person. I don't always assume the best from that person. And if when I do those initial conversations, starters, I don't get a good sense, a good feel that that person's understanding me. I don't ever go past surface level conversation. I don't trust them with my true self. Now, if you ask any of our kids... Um, whether it's some of those from the youngest of Niki Disciples to JYF up to Cairo and CYF, if you ask any of them about our guidelines, our expectations for our times together, they'll tell you my biggest thing that I press with them is that it is always a safe space. Whenever we meet, it is a safe space. And I do that for a reason. I do that because if you do not feel safe in a relationship, you're not going to be yourself. Safety matters. It's important within relationships. And I know you can sit there and say that human dignity and respect That should be placed at the beginning, but I really feel that if it's a safe space, it goes even deeper than just basic human dignity and respect for someone. When there's safe space, you actually see the person as a person, not just somebody that you should show respect for, but someone that you should take the time to get to know and understand. Now, our Dinky disciples and JYF, these kids, if they didn't enjoy themselves, if they did not feel safe, they would not come back. Our Cairo and CYF students, if they did not feel safe, they would never open up and share. They would never get to the point in their practices that we want them to be at they would never be community for each other. Safety is important for us. And I want to dwell on the fact that Saul was not a safe person. He was the one that everyone feared. He was the one that people avoided literally as if he had the plague. Saul was not open-minded. He was not compassionate. He was dedicated to one purpose, to remove those who believed in Christ, to remove them from society, from places of influence, and make them an example of what would happen to people who believed like they did. This is who Saul was. That's why Ananias responded the way he did. Because very few times in scripture do we see someone tell God, I don't know about this God. Are you sure? Because I've been hearing some things. Very few times do people actually counter God. Make it a little more lighthearted here. Yesterday, as many of you I'm sure know, was Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. Okay, so it's a day, a day late for that. Today's May the 5th, otherwise known as Cinco de Mayo and also known as Nathan and Thomas' birthday. Happy birthday, gentlemen. So in honor of these three events over the last two days, let me ask you three questions. One, work with me here. If Yoda had told Luke Skywalker to go to Darth Vader, And help Darth there is no way that Luke would have done it no way Luke has made some poor choices along the way we've all seen that but yet Luke even would be smart enough to sit there and say no Yoda little green dude it's not gonna happen number two If you were a Mexican soldier in 1862 and your commander told you to go over to the French line and help them, would you do it? I'm betting no. If I had been a Mexican soldier and my commander said, oh, just go over, go over to the French line, see see how you can help them, I wouldn't do it. Nobody goes willingly to their enemy during times of war. Here's the third one, just for you, gentlemen. If you were a delicious bubbly root beer, would you walk over to a creamy vanilla ice cream on Nathan and Thomas's birthday? No. Because you would know that you would be eaten alive as a root beer floats. There will be root beer floats provided at the end of service. (laughs) And that that actually is real, right? Now, I know all three of those questions sound silly. All three of those are crazy scenarios. But they all three make an excellent point. There's no way that it was easy for Ananias to go visit Saul. Saul. It would be as absurd as Luke helping Vader. It would be as absurd as Mexicans helping the French during times of war. And yes, even as absurd as our food running from us. I know that there are a few of you still sitting there thinking, Marty, this isn't a text that's about us. It's not a text just about Ananias. And you're right it's not all about ananias it's not all about us and to be honest with you every time i've read this text ever since tuesday night of this week i thought of one person he's not here today so i can talk about him <laughs> gary fox um, he and mary joe are visiting grandkids right now but tuesday night gary fox had the pastors and our music director go up to the church building at eight o'clock at night while there's no sunlight left so that we can help, uh, help him point the track lights on the chancel area in the sanctuary in the right spot. Now, in order for him to do this, he had to get up on the tall lift and literally be at the light to manually move it. Now, while up while in the process, while he's up on this, sca- uh, this lift, um, and we were safe, don't make me give that illusion, um, right by these bright lights, trying to point them where we tell him, uh, he was repeatedly to the point where he was literally blinded by the light. The light right there was so bright that he could just see spots and not anything else. And he'd have to wait a minute before he could do something else, or wait a minute before he could see exactly where we were pointing for him to shine the light. Now, Gary, his eyesight returned shortly after each time, each interaction with those bright lights, and his temporary blindness never prevented him from continuing doing what it was that he was doing. Saul's experience was different. On this road to Damascus, he not only was blinded by the light, but the resurrected resurrected Jesus spoke to him. This doesn't happen often in our Bibles. But the resurrected Jesus came back to speak to him. And this was after he had already ascended into heaven. This isn't while Thomas is sticking his hands in his side. This is the resurrected Jesus speaking. The Christ that Saul is 100% against. The Jesus that Saul believed was false rubberish. The Christ that is the one who spoke to him is who he had dedicated his life going against. Now, I have no idea what Saul thought in that moment, both on the road to Damascus and during those three days while he was blind. But I do know that going through that process for Saul was enough time for him to not simply go through the motions and simply transform his life. But it gave him the time to convert. And conversion and transformation, that's that's a little different. And I know that... Saul, who was later Paul, wrote the Romans 8. I assume that was Romans 8 that you quoted with the kids. Um, I think so. Okay. (laughs) Um, It sounded like Romans 8 to me. But uh, we sit here and we look at things like transformers, and our kids did the little transformations, and that's adorable. And we love things like that, and we think, yes, Um, we'll become a Christian and we'll do all the right things and we'll carry our Bibles with us and we'll have the app on our phone and we'll have that appearance. We'll transform just like the transformer has the appearance of a car when it's no longer itself. But just because it's become a car, just because it looks like a car, doesn't mean that it's actually a car. Just because we put on our Sunday best doesn't mean that we're actually a Christian. Because when Bumblebee here is a car, he's still Bumblebee. He's still himself. We have to actually go through a conversion. We have to change ourselves in this process. This was something that Saul went through to the point that Saul was even given a new name, Paul. Now, um, yes, Saul continued from that point on, giving the same passion towards Christ as he had against Christ. But I really started to wonder what went past that, what made it to where God changed his name even. And I started thinking back to Paul and the things that I I knew about Paul and past his writing, but personal afflictions. And Paul always talks about this thorn in his flesh. And I always assumed that He had some kind of digestive disorder that was a pain or he had some kind of of back pain that was always bothering him or or a hip or leg issue. I, I always assumed it was something physical like that. And then this week, as I was pondering this more, then I started wondering about what if it was just his history? His baggage that he carries with him, that is his true thorn in his flesh. Because I imagine each of these churches and people that sought him out for help knew what his, where he was coming from. They knew what had happened. They knew all the things that he had done against Christians and against churches. And yet they were having to put their trust in this man. It would make you feel as though you at least had to doubt whether he was a safe place. And I really wondered if that is what his thorn in the flesh was all about, was carrying around everything that he had done and the faces of the people that he interacted Mm -hmm. with that knew everything that he had done and the humility that he had to go through and the fact that they still put their trust in him. Even knowing our background, Christ continues to welcome us and love us. Good people, just like Saul, later Paul, none of us are ever perfect. We've all been horrible at times, and we've all been a blessing at times. So let's take the time to not just simply transform into what we think we need to be, but let's have a conversion experience. It might not look like that road to Damascus, but let's become passionate about Christ and living our lives with the grace and goodwill that only comes from knowing Christ. Amen. Amen.